You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 359 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. I'm so excited about this week's episode. We're going yes. to talk about how to improve your photography anywhere in just 10 minutes a day with guest Danny Banshee. Dan- Danny's a uh, friend of the show, long-time listener, mm-hmm. long-time uh, gold member. And, you know, after listening to this, this is a great, fantastic real-life story there will be no excuses for all of you guys to be inspired by this episode and get out there and want to go and take your photography to the next level. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. One of the things I love is mentoring the incredible photographers who are in my Gold Community. I recently asked Brian Becknell on how much the Gold Community has had an impact on his photography. Joining the community itself um, and and having access to you and to all the members um, and the tutorials are absolutely incredible. The way that you teach, the way that you you mentor is just absolutely empowering. Your tutorials are the the bravery and the courage that I I needed to begin that journey. You make it possible. Um, It's not all gear techno speak. It's it's down to earth. It's it's just a, a way that I can understand and I can pause the tutorial and practice. I can pause and practice and keep moving. The the support, oh my God, the support of everybody in the group um, has been just incredible. Um, like no other community, no other photography group or anything that I've ever been a part of. I want constructive criticism is redundant in that group. It's always constructive. It's, it's always people who care about what they're saying and they care about the person they're saying it to. Oh my God, I've told so many friends about our community. It's just, it's been life-changing for, for me and my photography journey. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, head to ginamilitia.com and click on memberships. Well, you know what else I'm excited by, Val? What? The fact that, well, we normally, we, we always record about the same time and mm-hmm. like you now know I can feel in my bones and you can feel it in the air and in the sky, spring is just around the corner. Yes. So all the little, all the little signs. So like I've got lots of um, blossom everywhere, which I love. I actually like to cut it and pick it and bring it inside because it's just like, I, it's beautiful. So that appears, we start to see all the spring flowers but right right now I've got the sun streaming in through the window but like you know normally like before we were recording it was dark so we've got that almost an extra like half an hour of daylight the days are getting longer today Mm. I just wore a shirt that's it I didn't have to wear, wear 50 layers yes so dressing is very quick 
There was sunshine all day. <laughs> I feel it. It's beautiful. Like there's time to get out there and shoot. There's there's hope. But mm-hmm. the outside of that, we, we're all in lockdown. Half the country yeah. in lockdown here in Australia. <laughs> so a bit of OCD kicking in for me, Val. What do you so, mean? Well, I'm a bit obviously like what how I like I don't say I've got a lot of anxiety, but it's like when you can't do what you want to do, some kicks in. And I, I've always known that my antidote for anxiety is I know if I'm a bit stressed, I clean. Okay. So I've been washing windows. <laughs> I've been washing – the house is spotless. That's my like. That's my go-to. But also what I've started doing, which I didn't do last year in lockdown, was – Baking. I'm on the baking part of the pandemic. What are you baking? I've been making pastizzi, so like um, ricotta cheese, uh, spinach. This it is a photography podcast, guys. If you're new to the show, <laughs> stay with us. We just need to connect for a bit. Val and I, we catch up. <laughs> um, and it's like you know, this is a good recipe. Give it, give it a try. Um, spinach ricotta. Uh, a bit of feta cheese and a mm. bit of parmesan and um, and mix that in and you buy – I didn't make the pastry myself. But you, I bought the puff pastry and then you just pile it in and it's joy, mm. joy. That but sounds then I'm great. Go next, it's, I reckon you could make this, Val. I think you for you, take the feta out. You were not going to like it to be too salty and maybe mm. I would increase the amount of spinach for you because I don't think you like cheese a lot. <laughs> I like certain types of cheese. I like cheese when it's wine and cheese and yeah, crackers. Yeah, of course. Well, like that there, that's a match made in heaven, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like what yes. cheese is the best? You and I have eaten <laughs> lots of cheese. <laughs> Death, overdosed. On, on, yep. on cheese in the past. And and I think you even have been cooking, Val. You've got I one have. new recipe up your sleeve, haven't you? Yes, I have. I call it Glorks because that also tells me the recipe. G for garlic, L for lemon, O for onion, R for rosemary, C for chilli and S for something which I forgot. <laughs> Salt, so, maybe. So, and, uh, so and, and you put all then. that, you put all that with the chicken, yeah. and shove it in the oven for an hour and a bit, and it's divine. But this is a um, big deal for you, Valerie, because this is uh, the woman that I know that once um, tweeted in the early days of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you supposed to keep the little um, pad that comes with the chicken? The drainage pad, does that go in the tray as well? No, it wasn't. I did not tweet that. What it was was I had a lamb roast yeah. and it was it was wrapped. It, it wasn't the pad under the chicken. I know you throw that away. Oh, it was the It was the plastic that wrapped the lamb roast. Oh, right. And you took that off too, right? Well, now I put it in the oven. And oh, my God, so you got lamb. melted plastic. All right, it doesn't. Well, it didn't melt. Okay, so I want you to step up from the – because I know you're doing Maryland chicken pieces. I want you to go this week. uh, Your task is to do full chicken. No, I don't want to. I've done that and I prefer Maryland. But listen, everyone, this isn't a cooking show, as Gina mentioned. We're going to talk about (laughs) photography. We are going to talk about photography. But, yes, we're going a bit crazy because we are in lockdown. I'm so sick of wearing my Lululemon. I think I will never wear Lululemon again. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Active wear um, again. I, I get dressed. I put jeans on because it's a good um, check because if mm. you wear uh, tracky dacks, mm. slang for um, sweatpants, there's no um, – there's no way to hold yourself accountable and the baking, <laughs> like, you get away with a lot more oh. and then when you go to put your jeans on, they don't fit. So, like, that's mm. that's the way I hold myself accountable. Okay. Well, we'll I see. too am very excited at uh, Danny's interview because Danny has, as you say, been a long-time listener from the very yes. beginning and yeah. I've watched her grow and develop and see her photography and it's so interesting all the places yeah. that she goes to because yeah. she travels all around America, lots of different places, and just such an interesting life as well. So I'm yeah. so thrilled that Danny's on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited and such a, a fantastic member of the podcast community oh, yes. and generous member, always the mm-hmm. first one to like a comment and share, you know, great work. So that's what I love. And Everyone I needs a be... Danny in their life and in their community, they do. I feel. They do. Mm. Yeah, and I do want to bring more of these um, real-life stories, you know, people that are just like all of us that are just doing the best they can, you know, that like we like to think that there's a formula for doing this stuff, Val, and we hear all the, the rock stars that, are, you know, turn around and, yeah, I did this in two months and all of that, you know, but I want to hear about real people fitting it in you know, with their their full-time jobs and working around that because it's like that's how we're all going to do it, you know. We need to find a little bit of time and that's exactly what what Danny's done, you know. Life is busy. We've all Mm. got full-time jobs. We've got friends. We've got family. There's all the other stuff that, that gets in the way and so we all have the best intentions to get on and learn our photography, but like, you know, it's just a matter of taking more of the way that that Danny approaches the work. And when you hear this interview, you're going to really uh, rethink how you do things because if if she can find the time in her busy life to really progress, and she's doing amazing work at the moment, um, you're going to really change the way that you approach the work. Her, her work ethic and her approach to learning inspires me and, you know, it's proof that there is, there's just no excuses to not take that time to take your work to the next level. So do you want to hear about a little bit about her, Val? Yeah, absolutely. So she, Danny um, has been driving trucks uh, and and like when I first uh, met her and she started listening to the podcast and we started chatting, she was um, you know driving with her her partner John across the US. So like get this just to get paint a picture. And I know we have a lot of drivers that do listen to the show. So hey guys, um, but often like you might have say a two thousand mile job to do you know and I'm thinking oh yeah 2,000 miles and I'm thinking of like you know my little half-assed road trips (laughs) that I've done and it's like I would stop every few hours have a break keep driving and and I thought that you know if I could drive for eight hours in a day I was a hero but these guys it's obviously the faster you drive the more profitable the gig is so they're doing a 2,000 mile road trip Mm. in two days amazing and danny's doing 10 hours of driving for that incredible that is just amazing so Mm. but here's the thing so Mm. that's 
that's enough in itself. What would you do after 10 hours of driving? I'd get in the back and, you know, curl up on the back seat and fall asleep and dribble on myself, <laughs> you know, till it was my turn to drive again. Okay. But no, Danny actually used her downtime. This is what first got me excited about this 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 woman because she would tell me about like she's like oh yeah the, the edit's a little bit rough because it was a bit bouncy on the truck I'm like what do you mean are you editing in the truck she's like yeah so she 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 would set up her laptop and uh as as her partner was driving and it's her turn to rest sets her laptop up she's got a special mouse that she uses that she tells us about and she would use that downtime to just be editing photos or like they would find five to ten minutes on a rest stop to to do a photo shoot or she'd be sneaking images, you know, first thing in the morning or they would kind of plan their drive where it's like let's just take a couple of minutes to um, do a shot here. You know, absolute dream to teach as a student, asks mm. fantastic questions self-driven and you know um i don't think she'll mind that you know that, that to let you know that she's like same generation as me so you know um coming into it and now she's at the point where she is transitioning pivoting from truck driver to um growing and becoming a uh, a full-time photographer and developing so a commercial headshot photography business which i'm so excited so this is all about there's no excuse we're going to chat about um the life on the road you can get a little t- taste of that i think that's really interesting editing editing images on the run and what she does to improve the performance and how she is getting get this mm-hmm. commercial quality images using an entry-level kit. Now, when you come into the gold community, I will give you recommendations on gear and lighting to buy. And I always start everyone on the same entry-level kit. It shouldn't You shouldn't be spending thousands. You should be barely hundreds. So it's like these are $80 lights that I start you on and basic uh, reflectors. And then um, she went from there and take that. And her work is quality. It looks high end and it's beautiful. She's also shooting tethered. We talk about that. We talk about, and then we talk about how we're going to pivot her from full-time truck driver to commercial headshot um, photographer. So I'm very excited to share this interview with you today. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Danny Banshee, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. And you? Great. I'm very excited to chat to you. So hang on, we've got we to tackle this name thing because this is an Italian background name, right? Yes. Okay. So what was it originally? Because it's like according to my uh, Italian um, helper on Google, it's Bunky. Um, back when they first came over to the States, it was Bianchi. Right. And then uh, they changed it to Banshee. They took out the I and just pronounced the CH as Americans do because they had so many problems. So they just made it simple and easier. (laughs) Very cool. But it's a very cool name. So like one question I always like to ask my guests is where in the world are you? I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. And is it uh, quite humid at the moment there? What's it like? Because it's like you're enjoying a wine. I'm still on the tea. So it's early morning here and you're late evening, right? 
Yep. Oh, I see. What is the temperature now? It's gone. It's gone down a little bit. It's 93. <laughs> fantastic. So you're a fantastic friend of the show, longtime listener of the podcast, longtime member of my goal community. How, how does a truckie from Texas end up listening to an Aussie podcast? I'm, I'm confused and delighted. <laughs> Um, it, was, it makes for, it, I started watching or I started reading, uh, the, um, what is it? The, the photography school, the, yeah. the blogs. And I started reading your stuff from there and then I found your website and then I found the podcast and Fantastic. it's been, it's been a wonderful time. I think when I first started, you guys weren't into, I think it was just coming into the second year. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I had to do that backup. Not as much as everybody else has to do now is, you know, all the backup of everything. Right. But yeah, that's how I found you. And um, I'll continue to listen till you stop producing them. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. How do the little bits of Aussie slang sort of um, filter their way into your world? Have you found yourself saying stuff that you're like, oh, I'm sounding like an Australian now. Yeah. uh, Well, my husband and I have always been fans of Australian uh, TV shows, movies, same with uh, British uh, movies and TV. So we're huge Monty Python fans. So um, we are really big. And so we've gotten into some of the slang, but not a lot. Right. (laughs) I think you've, you've given our, um, our repertoire of Aussie slang, a much larger, you know, stuff to go for. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm excited to share more. We've, we've, we've got, we, we, we've got heaps to, to, to give you on that front. So, all right. So I love the way you approach photography, Danny, and I love the way you uh, work as a student. I love how you think. Uh, I love how you contribute to the community. You're really generous, and I think your story is really inspiring. So let's just go back a little bit. And what is it that got you uh, interested in photography? And so just before we get to the photography, tell me about, like, you've come off the tools now, so you're not driving trucks anymore with your husband, John. But when you were, so when you started photography and you're in the truck, what what was that? What what what's the interest for you? How did that start? Uh, photography itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved photography. Uh, my grandparents got me a little brownie Kodak when I was a kid, and I've always liked it, but I never really got into it. You know what I mean? It, I was the person who always took the snaps at yep. you know photo. You know, just took the snaps at family events. And everything else. And I was the one who always took the pictures at Christmas. I was the one who always did, no matter what, what I had, I was always the one who always took the pictures. Uh, about six, seven years ago, about six years ago, my husband got me my first DSLR. Mm-hmm. And he said, This is, we've been married for a long time. Yep. And he told me, He said, I've always wanted to get you one of these. And he said, This is your first one. So yeah, it started from there. And it just started taking off even more so. So, and then I started taking snaps and uh, photos of uh, things out there on the road that we saw. Um, Photos of him driving, photos of everything I could, but uh, it didn't start really taking off more so until he got me another DSLR, D750, a few years after that, because the other one wasn't doing the job it should have. 
Yeah. I couldn't in low light. It's so hard to use the D 5,300 in low light in that, that in the truck it's low light. Right. <laughs> so I, I had to go, go up. And so he went ahead and got me that one. And I love my D750. It does well in low light. It really does well with the high ISO. Um, but I never thought that I would be able to take better pictures. It, but I am. <laughs> you sure are. And, you. you know, I think that comes down to your commitment to the craft and the work ethic. And so, like, we often hear, like, I get it. Everybody's busy. We've got... Um, families and there's commitments and there's work and finding that time to learn photography and grow. A lot of us get caught up in the trap of like, oh yeah, I just need to get a week off and I'll work on all of this stuff or I'll do that weekend tutorial. But, but that's not often an option for everyone. So just before we get into your approach to photography, can you just paint a picture of what say, uh, a, a typical uh, road trip was like when you're working together, you and John. So you, you're driving a truck across country. What does that involve in terms of hands-on for you? If you can just paint a picture because I'm obsessed with truck driving, you know that. <laughs> and um, I would love to come on the road with you. I do love road trips. I know I've got a really romantic, blinkered look at, at it, but I think that, you know, from the road, you've got this capacity to see all these amazing things. So I can obviously see how sitting there seeing this landscape passing you by, you would want to um, capture that. But like for the listeners at home who are not aware of what it, what is involved in being a truck driver, just paint a picture of like a typical um, a typical trip. Um, typical trip? Mm-hmm. Let me see. Give me an example from driving from Texas up to Portland, right. uh, which is that's close to 2,000 miles. Right. And we so start what off sort of time Texas. would that take, Danny? How, how many the, how many hours a day are you driving? We can only, it, as a team, we can only drive 11 hours a day. Everybody. All so truckers. you're behind the wheel as well? Yeah. It, I, when I was with my husband, yes, I drove 11 hours. He drove 11. We'd have an hour in between. Um, Wait, so we're not talking a one-ton van. How big is your truck? Because it's like, 80, you know... Here am I, I'm delighted by the fact that in the last three years, I've finally learned how to back my car into a car park (laughs) and I'm beside myself. I feel better than everyone else. People who can back their cars into a car park naturally feel that they're better than everyone else. So this is my greatest claim to fame in, in driving Tell me about the size of rigs that you're driving. How many, do we talk about them in terms of wheelers or tons? How does it work? The one, the one that there are so many different kinds and sizes, but the one that we drive is a, it's a, uh, a it's a Peterbilt and it hauls, we can, we, truck and trailer combined is 80,000 pounds. It's uh, the 53 foot trailer uh, that we haul and we go across country. And like I said, you know, coming from Texas and going up there, let's say I start off the day, I, he goes back into the bed into the sleeper because we keep our shift. Uh, he slept during the day while I drove during the day and yep. I slept at night when he drove at night. All right. So there's not um, a lot of uh, companionship there. What, so what time no. are you um, heading out in the morning? Um, it would depend on, I, 
I chose our loads so yeah. I would make sure we wouldn't go out earlier than 7. So 7 a.m. is your general start time. So you get up, yeah. do you have? Do you just jump in the truck straight away or is there uh, breakfast happening? Oh, no. We What we usually do is we uh, we have this thing called the pre-trip. We have Everybody has to do this, all truckers. It, you have to do a pre-trip. It's a requirement to do it within 15, you know, 15 minutes or more, whatever, but you have to have at least 15 minutes. You do the pre-trip, and while I was pre-tripping, he was usually, since he just stopped, he would be making uh, coffee for me and uh, breakfast for me, and then I would come back into the truck after doing the pre-trip. And while we're sitting there uh, 15, 20 minutes more, and we're eating, drinking coffee, he's drinking water, and he might sit up with me for a few minutes, maybe an hour before he went back to the sleep, you know, sleeper. But I would start driving within a half an hour of getting up. What's a pre-trip? So what's involved? Is that a safety check? You just yeah, it's, yeah. It's you're checking your lights. You're checking or uh, to make sure all your wheels are yep. together. Right. To make sure there's nothing damaged. Yep. You know, even though the other person might have checked it pre you know. Because we also take check our vehicle out mid-trip if you're a safe person. Yep. Um, you try to check everything out to make sure that all your tires are still inflated, to make sure nothing's uh, damaged, make sure all your lights are still working, your brakes. Because um, we have officers here called uh, Department of Transportation officers that will stop you and inspect you. They'll even inspect you on the side of the road. Right. And to you got to make sure that everything's always in working order because they can ding you on that. And if it's something serious, they can put you out of service and you're stuck on the side of the road and you're having to pay you a 500 to a thousand to two thousand dollar bill Goodness. to get towed because they're not going to let you move. Um, all right. So your first <laughs> off the your you, you do first shift. How many what's a what's a, a how many hours are you driving before you swap over? Anywhere between 10 or 11 hours. Wait, 10 hours straight for day. you. Yep. You do 10 well, hours I, straight. Well, I, I would stop. We have to take a half hour break mid, you know, okay. mid shift. Any after eight hours, you within the eight hours of your first shift, you, uh, the first of your shift when you first start your work day, you have to take a half an hour break. And so we take a half hour break. And what I would do is I would usually go out. Go, you take your bathroom break. Go grab your coffee, whatever you want or need your lunch, and you roll after the half an hour and get going. Yeah. Like I said, it would be 10, I would average between 10 and a half hours. He can drive his whole 11 hour shift because he doesn't have a lot of traffic to deal with. Right. Stuff like that because he's at night. But me during the day, um, my average would be anywhere between 500 and 600 miles a day. Okay. So, so that's the 600 miles. So that's the 2000 um, mile trip is three and a half days kind of thing. Yeah, so is that, that an no. average trip? Two days. Oh, two, two days. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's two days because it's 10 hours for me, 10 hours for him, 10 yep. hours again. That is that is 40 hours. It's 40 hours to do the two days. Okay, so, so that that's time is money, so it's important that you uh, do that. All right, so you have a lot of time with your in your head, basically, behind the wheel. Obviously, you're focused on driving safely and all the other cars around you, but there is a lot of time for looking and noticing changing light. Is that, I find that frustrating when I have to be there and I'm behind the wheel and I want to be pulling over every five minutes to get the shot. So how does that work 
when this photographer's mind is emerging from you? What what was that like? Is it frustrating or is there a way that you manage to are you limited to just like getting photos at the truck stops or is there option while John's asleep in the back to just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull over quickly and get it a photo depends. here? It depends on where you're at. Yeah. But um just give you an example. There was one time it was uh sunset in New Mexico and I was driving I was driving eastbound or I was going east but the sun was setting behind me and I saw this beautiful sun in the mirror behind me. I knew of a place that I could pull over at that had these beautiful old, there was an old gas station, old buildings that were dilapidated. A lot of truckers would park there either for the evening or um, to do their break and stuff like that. And I was lucky that nobody was there and I took some photos of it, you know, because of the sunset that I was getting. But it's hard. It really, it's hard to sit there and say, okay, I've got to take this, you know, large vehicle and try to put it somewhere safe, out of the way to where nobody will hit me to be able to stop and take pictures. That's so difficult to do. It really is. And there's, I would also try to plan my lunch breaks into areas that I thought was beautiful. John would try to uh, plan our, you know, if we stop somewhere, like there's this beautiful rest area in Montana that we stopped at and we loved it. It's exit one on I 80. Anyway, um, it's, it's gorgeous. It's right on the border. It, it's beautiful in the fall. It's beautiful it, any time of the year. And it's just, it, it's one of our favorite stops. And I would stop there and I'd make him fake pictures in front of the truck. <laughs> And 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 this is what I love because it's like you know you have um, limited time, but you were prepared to make the most of the time and use the time that you were given. And I think that's a a great lesson to everyone listening that there there is always going to be you know if you can fit in uh, thirty minutes to practice here and there while you're driving a truck, then, you know, all of us that are working can just take, and, and it's honestly just taking that 5, 10, 15 minutes to just get the camera out and be ready and shoot. And the more you see, the more you see, right? So, um, yeah. so then while where while you're driving and you've got all these endless hours, obviously you're racking up you listening to podcasts. Is that when you started listening to podcasts to kind of learn yes. more about yeah. So you've got hours and hours, so obviously you can consume a lot of content. Um and then you would probably be itching to get um Oh, into that, yeah. right? <laughs> Dying to get home and, and like, I need to practice all of this. But like one of the stories that I absolutely loved is very sort of early on in the experience when I first started connecting with you, you'd be telling me about like showing me images that you were editing. You're editing on the truck. So you're sitting, John's driving now and you're, you've got your laptop out and you're spending that time uh, editing images, which I just found amazing and so inspiring. How does that work? What um, system are you using? Because I know you're using Lightroom Mobile for that. So just explain how that works. Oh, on my laptop, I yep. have regular Lightroom Classic. Yep. Right. Um, so I was using that in Photoshop to yep. do the edits. Yep. And I just started getting into Photoshop the past couple of years. Yep. I only worked with Lightroom for the yep. longest time. I was afraid of Photoshop. Right. But yeah, and I have a tracker ball mouse that I use. I don't use a regular mouse Uh because I don't like uh, mouse pads. And I tried 
the uh, tablet, what is it? The, yeah, the um, Wacom or those, yes. Yes. I tried that on the truck. It's very hard to do when somebody's driving down the road. Yeah. And you're, you know, it's like trying to write, you know, we try writing while somebody's driving down the road. But it's like, yeah. It, it, so I got away from that. The trackball is the best thing I've found to edit, you know, right now for me anyway. Yeah. And um, it, it's by Logitech. And I upgraded to a little bit more high end one that's made for more gamers because this one has. A uh, little bit more buttons, and I a lot of voting, photo editing guys or people utilize this same mouse to edit photos, and you can go into and do different, set it up to do detailed work with it. So that's why I like this new one, and it also tilts because I have issues with arthritis, uh-huh. so it tilts, so it um, conforms to my wrist the way I like having my wrist where it's less painful. So is it like and a keyboard, d- um, Danny? It's it's a uh, it's wireless. Everything's wireless. I use. <laughs> yeah, but is it is it like a? I'm looking it up as well. Oh, you mean speak. a table yeah, the, for to the, set my laptop the, on the, my the, lap? The trackball Logitech. I'm just having a look uh, at it. It's trackball by Logitech. Oh, I see. It's like a big. It's like a fatter um, mouse, and it's got the ball on the side. So that's uh, yeah. You, are you using your thumb to navigate? Yep. Yeah. So and that's a lot thumb. more comfortable for the. Um, it injuries? is. Yeah. It, it's a lot easier too than to use that on the truck because a regular, a regular mouse, if you have it on a mouse pad or whatever, it jumps and jiggles just the yeah. same as you know your fingers do. Yeah. Mouse pad, the tracker pad on your laptop doesn't work very well either. Yeah. The best thing I found on the truck or traveling is the tracker ball because you can control the movement with your thumb. Now, if he hits a pothole, then you got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you in the back? Like, like the the those big trucks have the little like a, you got a little table that you can set up as a desk. Is that where you're working, or are you up front next to John while he drives? I'm up front next to John. When so, he what drives. have you got the laptop on? What's it? Have you rigged I, up a little table or something? Uh, we have this thing that we use. Um, there's two different things that we've used. One was a table. It's like a plastic table on top, but it's a soft pillowy thing on the bottom. Yep. You put it on top of your lap. Uh, that one, though, it gets worn out in the truck and all the stuff falls out you right. know, that's on the bottom. So I started using what we use for a steering wheel because he's a gamer. So when we're down for our shifts, um, we get out our laptops on our respective time frame. But there's this thing that you can set on top of your steering wheel in which you can put your laptop on. And that's what I used on my lap. I would just have it flat on top of my legs and use that. Right. Yeah. This is such a fantastic skill to have because as photographers, like, you know, we do, we do work on the road. I mean, obviously we're not driving, 2000 miles to get to a a location often but there are times when you you need to be able to do stuff on the run and I think learning all these skills is fantastic but also just that mindset of this doesn't need to happen in the comfort of my home when everyone's quiet and and I've got like hours it's stealing those little moments whenever you can and building on those so how did you find that experience like when you first started to just like grabbing those spare moments I know it's frustrating at times but what did you get out of that oh um a lot it's a learning experience really I mean because you just you have to take the time if you want to learn 
And if you have the passion, you will take the time and get out there and do the stuff to be able to get better at it. Um, yep. Like say, for instance, what, uh, there's a rule that we ha- we can only drive so many hours in the week. And what John and I have found best for us, not everybody does it this way, but what we found best for us is to stop for 34 hours and regroup. And we stay on our shift when we do this. So, but he would get up sometimes an hour or two early, like say, for instance, if we were stopped in um, Seattle area, we have a, uh, we have a drop lot where we drop our trailers in, our company does, but it's close to one of the rivers there in Seattle and it has a beautiful walking path. So he would get up a few hours earlier than his usual and go out with me on a walk at the sunset so I could take photos of him. You know, and it take photos of him walking down the path or even sitting on the bench just so I could practice. And that was when he was asleep, I would take the camera out and try to do some macro shots or something different than what most people don't see. Like, say, for instance, the garbage that truck drivers throw on the backside of their trailers when they empty out the the garbage out of the trailer. It's ridiculous. And so I take pictures of that and show it to, you know, my friends and say, hey, we got to stop doing this. You know, certain things that might, you know, give you more passion, you know, know, to bring attention to things and say, you know, you got to stop doing this. Pick up after yourself. Throw it away in the dumpster. You know, those kind of things, you know, that or even finding a flower and a bunch of uh, rocks that you wouldn't think that would grow there. Yeah. You know, those kind of little things and you have to sit there and if you have a passion for it, you'll get out and you'll do it. And you find the time and you're finding the time. And and so how do you think that just like even at, 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 uh, you know, we're about to transition you into uh, now starting to uh, make some some good money out of uh, out of this side hustle which is fantastic but like even just having that photography while you were on the road what did what did that do for you to be able to have that passion how did that change the whole truck driving experience for you um i think maybe one of the things was being able to show the world what we do yeah you know what truckers do you know we're out there on the road um like taking pictures of my husband when he was driving or in the life of, you know, I did a couple of days like that of him, you know, what he does when he starts out in the daytime, he drove nights. So, you know, taking shots of, you know, doing it, it's, it puts you in that experience of being able to do different types of photography besides um, just portraiture. You know, yeah. it's like, say for instance, uh, slowing down the shutter speed to be able to get the, the moving vehicles, yeah. you know, going past the windshield. You know, I was, he helped me doing those kind of things, you know, when we're going on slower roads, because you find out you can't really do that on a high speed highway where you got, you know, four lanes of traffic. Yeah, right. They're so far away that your camera's not going to pick that up. Yeah. (laughs) So you have to remember, you know, try to do it on two lane highways and try to do it where it's supposed to be 50 miles or less and stuff like that. You know, you learn, you know, okay, if I want to try to get the streaks, I got to do this. You know, you start finding different ways to be able to do different things. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is probably one of the things I really did enjoy because it forced me to do those different things. Yeah. If I want to take pictures of these ghost towns at night, you know, because that's what I'm taking these pictures of him. You know, I want to take pictures of the ghost towns. I got to know how to uh, take, you know, the photos at night. 
you yeah. know, to be able to see the details and say, okay, there's going to be some, you know, some grain in this. So there's going to be some, you know, some noise, but it's, it will work. And it, that's the other reason why I'm glad he got me the, the upgraded camera. You know, I worked with my other camera as long as I could, you know, cause it, everybody always says, Oh, it's, it's not the gear. It, it's true. It's not about the gear. It's about yeah. you knowing your gear and knowing what the limitations of that gear is. Exactly. And another thing I love about your approach to photography, honestly, Danny, you are a dream to teach because you really put yourself out there and you ask fantastic questions. Like you consistently ask, how can I make this better? What can I do next time? And then you take that advice and you apply it and it works. And it's also the other thing I love is you're not in a screaming hurry, like you're prepared to uh, marinate in that new information and give it a go. And finally, self-driven. Have you always been self-driven, do you think, and self-motivated to just like pick up and, and uh, you know, have a go every day? Because it's like now you've come off the tools, right? You're off the truck. You're not driving. That's John. So you're at home and um, you've got the time now, but also time having lots of time can be an enemy to getting stuff done because like you know when you're idle you don't have the uh, the drive to 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 do things so how do you how do you deal with that was there a, a little difficult period in this transition when you were back home on your own oh yeah <laughs> yes there was um mainly because of being alone and yeah. then like you said there's there's no structure yeah there's no there's when you have nothing, because I'm restricted, I, my body won't let me do what I want to do. Uh, yeah. And so I'm restricted in what I can do. So it, I'm pretty much in my own personal lockdown. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you have, I have to plan out my days. I have to give myself a schedule. And then I started, uh, because it was so devastating at first, I had to sit there and say, okay, I've got to, I've got to do something. So I started planning my days. And then I started doing uh, sunrise photos. And by doing that, that helped me learn my camera better, which helped me learn my tripod better because you have to do it in low light. To do it in low light, you really need a tripod. Uh, tripod is, I, I can't stand shooting without it anymore. I really yeah. can't. <laughs> but it, it, that helped me, you know, move me into another direction and then seeing the light better and everything else. And it, it just got... It, it, you know, it snowballs into everything. It snowballs into, you know, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And uh, I really hit home also on doing the 52 frames. And then that's been um, fantastic, hasn't it? Oh, it has. And the, the other Goldies that's been doing it, and we all ask each other, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, this is an idea I'm thinking of. What do you think I should do? You know, and helping each other out with these and saying, you know, asking each other's uh, it, about it and critiquing our our photos before we post them has been a wonderful thing. Yeah. And seeing people grow and doing that and then asking you or asking the community, you know, it, what can I do better, you know, to make this, you know, what can I do to make this photo better? Yeah. You know, that has been a, by having my photos in on Sunday, it, it, creates that that urge you know that uh, desire to be able to make sure I get that completed each week and it gives me something to focus on yeah you know because being by yourself you have nothing really to focus on except for the cat 
exactly who, <laughs> who, who has made a bit of a cameo in the background. So what's the cat's name? Her name is Bathsheba. Bathsheba, yeah, beautiful name. And, uh, yeah, she sounds amazing. And uh, I think I've seen her featured in some of your photos as yeah. well. Um, so just I think it's really important that as photographers it is a lonely existence. We are relying on ourselves and that capacity to be self-driven is really important but there's a couple of things so already you 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 taught yourself uh the ability to be able to just jump in and steal those five ten minutes here ten minutes there on the truck which is probably the most difficult scenario to learn so there really are no excuses and then but that was so structured like every minute of the day is planned and then you go to this environment where there's no structure and you've managed to create a structured environment and honestly this year your work has just gone boom. So the, the the latest stuff that you've been doing is just fantastic. And what's happened is you've really embraced Flash. So I've got everyone in the gold is doing zero to hero. And um, you started doing that. And it's like all the stuff you've done up to now with all the editing and all the practice, then you've come into zero to hero and really uh, – gotten very competent with flash what was that experience like for you how was learning flash before compared to when you started doing um those zero to hero protocols um when i was doing flash before i i when i when i was on home time i would rent out a studio once in a while and the studio was already already had lights yeah um and so big studio lights danny like studio lights and all the modifiers it's a lot isn't it it, oh, it was. It was overwhelming. I had no clue what I was doing. It right. was uh, like throwing the dart at the wall, yeah. you know, it, and I, I would hit sometimes yeah. and sometimes I would miss. And now but I look at those photos no and I go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so, now the Zero to Hero, has, it's, um, it focuses you, it shows you, it, it teaches you from the beginning, you yeah. know, peeling potatoes. It, yeah. That's what it's all about. Peeling yeah. potatoes. Start from the beginning, start from scratch. The only thing I didn't do was I don't have a shoot-through umbrella. Right. That's <laughs> all right. And that's like but taking I, it, it completely back to basics because I wanted to show everyone that it's also not just the modifier because everyone goes straight to like the high-end stuff and it's like I need this light, I need this modifier. Now, you are working with a $80 Yongnuo speed light. and yeah, two what's yeah, and uh, what's your modifier of choice at the moment? You're working with a couple of different octaves, is that right? Yes, I have a, I have two octaves, and I'm going to say they're both the same. I forgot the size. Yep. I'm going to say 26 inches. Um, they're not very big. They're not double diffused, which I have learned how to diffuse them a lot better. Right. Your little trick of using the 5-in-1 and taking the thing, the uh, outer shell off of the 5-in-1 is a perfect diffuser. Built-in diffuser, uh, yes. Yeah, it, it, you just I just clamp that up to it if I need the double diffusion and it gets me the light that I want. And suddenly um, it turns uh, like what? What are those little? I mean, the octas you can pick up for seventy, eighty dollars. They're not they're not expensive. But this is the thing: um, the mistake that a lot of people make is it's single diffusion. So you're up against it already. The light's going to be very hard. So simple workaround: get on, get online, and get yourself 
Uh, probably in life, if you're going to be serious about your photography and wanting to do a lot of stuff, three five-in-one reflectors are going to come in handy. So you can use one as a diffuser, one as a fill light when you do headshots, and a third one can come in handy as a cutter or as another fill light. Like you can just add a little dook of light to the back. So they're so inexpensive that they're just worth having as a kit. So, you know, that's a great way to to – Again, we're proving that it's not the gear, Danny. It's the technique, it's not. right? Yes. So, it's the technique and learn and doing the MacGyver thing if you need to. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine as well. But it's like, you know, and it's great to have these studio experiences. And I know that across the world you can go to um, these studio experiences where there is a photographer who will set up a particular set. So there'll be a beautiful model five lights and then basically he might he she might just talk about like their philosophy on photography and all of that and then all 50 of you get the trigger and you stand in front of the model and you might go turn your head this way or whatever but everything else is done for you right yeah and so you go home they're fantastic you know what they are they're brag experiences so you take this great photo you post it on your instagram and all your friends go oh my god you're an amazing photographer however i didn't do it can you recreate that at home you can't because you don't have the five lights or the the knowledge you didn't get the knowledge so while they're a great experience to give you a lovely photo to share with your friends you're not learning anything this exactly at home technique and what you did was like I encourage everyone to forget about getting a model in when you're learning to light. It's too stressful. You're having to deal with another person who is often bored, who doesn't understand the process. You feel hurried and flustered and it has to fit into their time of day. But when you're doing, like I recommend a mannequin's head, you went the next level and this was, I think this is a big deal for everyone because you did selfies instead. What was that first initial uh, process like for you uh, doing that first selfie? Was it uncomfortable? Did you have to push through any issues or are you just comfortable in it? You seem really comfortable in your skin to me. Oh, no, I had to push through. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, um, all right, put it this way. I'm a, I'm a trucker or a former trucker, and truckers don't get a lot of exercise, so we're about the least healthy-looking people, most of us, not all of us, but – so, yeah, I had to push through um, the first few times. And then after that, it's like, look, you can, you're doing this to learn. Stop it. Start learning. You know, look at the camera and act like you're a customer. Act like you're, you know, the model, you know, and you just look where I would tell you where yeah, I need you to look, you know, to be able to get what I want. So it's it's kind of a learning experience trying to be both the photographer and the uh the model, model. Yeah. but yeah it, but then you're you're doing that dialogue in your head okay i need you to look here i need you to turn your head a little bit this way. i need you to put your chin out and down you know so your double chin you know to yes. me it's, my double chin doesn't show yeah um i gotta remember to sit up straighter so i don't slouch i gotta remember to pull that shirt down like you tell us yeah. You know, and to make sure that, you know, the back of it is down and, you know, behind your behind and yeah. pull it down in the front. You know, I, all those little things that you talk about in the podcast and the tutorials, 
It's those things you got to remember in your head. If I do it to myself, then I should be able to do it to a customer. Exactly. So you're seeing all those little one percenters were like the difference between when the eyes are soft and when the eyes are hard because you're thinking of something else, not thinking of, you know, how much you love uh, Kitty or Hubby, right? So these are all yeah. important little one percenters, but also the other thing that you're noticing is uh, what's happening with the light and how it relates to your particular skin tone and your kind of face. So we've managed to, um, you know, create some incredibly beautiful soft lighting and that just those little tweaks of adding the diffuser of the position of the light and then the, um, the steps that you take to get that, we're now getting these beautiful uh, results. And it's like you're not doing full-time photography, Danny. These are like stealing moments and you're getting – to this level. So now we're at the point where we're going to uh, transition to starting to sell headshots as a little side hustle, right? So how are you feeling about yeah. that? I'm feeling more confident than I yeah. was before. Yeah. I think I, I think I know I can do it. Um, I just got myself one of those pop-up backgrounds, just a simple one, black uh-huh. and white, black yep. on one side, white on the other. Um, cause I know now how to change the white into a gray background. If they desire gray, yep. I know how to bring down my ambient light to where I don't have any of that affecting no matter what situation I'm in. Um, I can do that no matter what. And it, your, it, your, what is it? Recipe, I guess you could call it, yeah. you know, for doing that is amazing. It's like an aha moment. And it was like, why didn't I think of doing this before? You know, because ambient light was a huge killer on a lot of my photos. I was, I was re-looking at a lot of them that are – I take photos of us at Christmas every year. Yeah. And last year I tried doing it with the lights a little bit better, but I didn't have this knowledge that I have now. And I was like, why the heck do these look like caca? You know, the right. light is crap. I'm seeing shadows. I'm, you know, the light is too harsh on us. What am I doing wrong? And now I know what I did wrong. Now I know it's like, okay, for this year's Christmas photos are going to be so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't wait to see your Christmas photos this year. So so that that in itself has been an, an incredible learning curve. So now, like, let, just paint a picture for us. So if I was to say, hey, Danny, I need you to do a quick headshot of me. I'm coming around. Um how long would it take you, do you think, to get your gear out of the back? Because you pack everything down because um, the cat plays with the lights, right? So, like, you're, oh, well, you've got a little to. studio in your home, but it's yeah. like this is reality of doing this, right? You can't just have uh, – not all of us have the luxury of having a, a space that we can shoot in consistently. So it's shared spaces. We need to pack it down. That's the reality. So how long would it take you to get your light out, set it up, get a reading – and get a decent frame of me. A decent. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm just saying get it in the ballpark to get a shot that you're happy with. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Up and out? Yeah, because yep. most of my lights now are set pretty much about where I want them. Yep. I know them to start off at half power. Yeah. I know where I want the zoom of them because I didn't know about that until, yep. <laughs> until your tutorials. And now I know it's like, oh, that's another aha. And so I know how and where I want them. I got the boom in the other day. So that is so helpful. Oh, my god! Boom's gosh. a game changer, isn't it? So <laughs> what boom did you get? 
it, 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 what's funny is it came with the uh, background the other day. I got it through B&H, and it came yeah. uh, with the kit with the background, and it's just a simple, basic, boom. Uh, it came with uh, the clamps to be able to hold up the background if I need to, but I oh, also excellent. ordered... I also ordered the light attachment so I can put the light on it, and I already have the um, uh, the what do you call them? <laughs> the um, softbox softbox yeah, for it. So right, I, I just put it all together. Yeah, and it, it's probably about fifteen minutes because the other night it took me fifteen minutes while my husband was getting ready to set up the lights and everything because they were all down. So I set up the lights. It took me fifteen minutes. I took his first shot. Um, with the gray card. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, the first time he had it away from his face, I was like, no, you got to put it next to your face. Right. That way I can get the light with it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, it took us maybe 15 minutes and probably um, 30, 40 minutes total. And I only took 35, 40 photos of them. That was right. it. So yes, that's that. another one. You know, when you've got the shot, you're not going to flog a dead horse, as we say in Australia. So you're yeah. not going to keep going. You know, in your heart, you feel when he, you nailed the shot. You can see it because you know the difference between connected and disconnected. So again, you're not wasting John's time because he needs to do his own thing as well. And that's important yeah. when we're doing headshots as well because there's a point where you can't just can't just get any more shots out of them because they're done. It's done. Yeah. So that's and a once that's you get a good it, number. That's it. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Uh, I used my tether tool. With okay, it, that's fantastic. With so you uh, like ideally, I talk about like the the probably the best way of tethering if you're doing a lot high volume images. Uh, is software called Capture One. Now it's a it's an expensive purchase. But it's not necessary. There is a workaround. It's not ideal, but as long as you're not shooting thousands of photos, so like a headshot session where you might do a couple of hundred frames if you're doing a few looks, Lightroom kind of works, right? It, it's good. It's 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 good. It's it's good. So you may as well use it. So tell us about the difference between shooting tethered. And then before when you were shooting, just using the LCD, what, 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 what has been the difference for you? Uh, I'm blind. <laughs> and yep. using that little bitty LCD to try to see if I got his eyes and focus just right is just horrible. So it, shooting tethered, I, I take the shot. I look at it. I'm like, oh, we're good. I've got you in focus. Now let's get going. And now let's do this pose, that pose. And we were fine. If I changed the lights, which I would change every, you know, just adjust it one way or the other, then I would uh, redo it again just to make sure. But yeah, shooting tethered has made my life so much easier. And it's just, you can also click it with a mouse right there. They make it available, but I always use my, uh, I have a uh, remote trigger for my camera, which I love. Right. don't know what I'd ever do without it. I tried the wired one a long time ago. Uh-huh. It was horrible. Yep. <laughs> it, it would never shoot when I wanted it to. And the one that I have now, you have to have it a certain way sometimes, but most 80 to 90% it works and I don't have an issue with it. And I yep. love my remote trigger. I love using the tether tool stuff. And I, I just, I don't know what I did without it. <laughs> yeah. And I think, um, 
you know, obviously you need to have a way to edit your images. Now, there are, um, you know, uh, smart devices that you can use, but it's like you're working within iOS or a different software. They're limited in what they can do. So I think if you're um, a bit more serious about photography, and obviously you can start editing on a smartphone or a, a tablet, but, you know, you do need that 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 laptop and um and I think shooting tethered, especially if you're doing something like headshots, you just look so professional. And then uh, we talked about making that a teaching tool when you're working with that person. So you've got the person on set and you're saying head forward, chin down. And they're looking at you going, I don't understand what you're talking about. And they're just oh smiling <laughs> with their chin back and all of this. It's like, well, how how can I demonstrate this? So you can do that physically. I do it. I go, have a look. Like, look, head up, head forward, chin down. Can you see the difference? They go, yeah. But then you want to show them on them. So like, you know, when you're shooting tethered, they're thinking – uh, the person's always worried about what they're going to look like and they're, they're, they're thinking back to the last photo shoot where the photographer just used one hard flash and they were lit from underneath and they looked hideous, right? So they're fearful mm-hmm. already. And then you create this beautiful soft lighting and they look amazing. And as soon as you see that shot, you call them off the set and you go, I want to show you something. And then you show them that photo and suddenly they trust you. You can say whatever you want after that because you've got them. And that is that is the beauty and the power of shooting tethered. And then you can say, I want to show you something else. Head, head up here, have a look at the difference when you show your head up. And one more thing, here you're thinking about what's going on in the photo shoot. This next shot, when I asked you to think about your um, partner, your eyes softened and I could feel the squishy love. This is what we want. Let's keep that one. Can you see the difference? And it's so easy when you do it that way. It just makes all the difference in the world. So um, I think that's fantastic that you do that. And, again, it's like we're going to work with what we have. We don't need to have all the fancy gear. This is all about technique. It's all about uh, not being afraid to share your work and ask the questions. How can I be better? And you do that so beautifully. But also um, what you do is you're also really beautiful in all the communities, in the in the um, photography community, in the goal community. You share information. You're quick to give a comment. And that um, I think out of that you've grown a lot of beautiful relationships out of that. So I'm like I'm always saying don't be afraid to be that person that, that tells that person that you see that photo I really love that I love the background I love the sky this is lovely keep doing the good work because that then comes back to you and uh and now you're growing and going to the next part which is now we're going to transition into doing professional headshots so we're at the point now Danny where we're going to you're going to build up your folio take those next shots and we're going to grow from there so how are you feeling about that now more positive than yep. I was even a month ago. Yep. A lot more positive about it. And um, hopefully in the next week or two, I'll be able to post it out that we have a community website for our community that we live in. And I was going to say, hey, anybody want a headshot? I need people. <laughs> okay. So the I community need, website, you haven't gone on there cold. Like you not haven't just turned up one day. No one knows who you are and you're going to go, hey, no. I'm a photographer. You've been 
playing the long game, haven't you? So you've been actively engaged in that community for a long time, right? So they know yeah. you as this enthusiastic photographer already, don't they? Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. and through your Instagram, you're very passionate and you're very um, sharing like you've been sharing about the images that you're going to po- um, put up in a contest at the show. You've been sharing your selfie journey. You've been sharing your 52 <laughs> frames. You've also been sharing product shots. It's just like, you know, here I am. This is like, this is me. I'm learning these things and everyone is coming with you. So what you've got is an engaged community who are cheering you on. Yeah. So now when the call comes out to, hey, who wants to be involved in this? You're going to have a long list of people that, of course, are going to be excited to be able to um, share in that passion because that passion is uh, so attractive, right? Well, so yeah, I sure hope so. <laughs> I, I, I'm um, I'm I'm super excited for you. I think you're, you know, just like the way that you have a go, and even like uh, the composite images that you're doing, the way that you uh, are learning light and the way you approach it uh, is just like, there's no excuses for any of us not to take the time. You inspire me. Sometimes I feel like, oh, geez, oh. Look, if Danny can do it, if Danny can edit in a truck after she drove <laughs> for 10 hours, there's no excuses for anyone. And that's like, you know, I think what you do is amazing. I can't wait until you really get into that uh, trucker um, personal project because, um, oh, my God, I would love to uh, see all of these images. And I just, you know, I want to say I'm so proud of you. It's just such a joy to teach you and I can't wait to see where you go next. I'm so humbled. (laughs) Thank you. This means a lot to me. It really does. So I'm going to – Put your links uh, in the show notes. Um, I know a lot of people in the podcast community already know who you are and know you well, but if you're a new listener uh, on Instagram, it's Danny, D-A-N-N-I underscore Irene. Just um, head to GinaMilitia.com. I'll put that link in the show notes and we'll get a couple of images in there of yours that we can share and everyone can have a look at. And, uh, yeah, I just thank you so much uh, for for taking the time to share that with us today. I'm very excited for your future, Danny, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. I can't either. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, I love Danny. I think she's fantastic. And if you guys want to check out Danny's images, you can have a look at her Instagram. She is Danny, D-A-N-N-I underscore Irene, I-R-E-N-E. So Danny underscore Irene. And, you know, I really think it's so inspiring because it's so true. She takes photos of what she has, what she's got at the time, um, and she makes the most of – her her time even though she is so busy and she's you know not yeah. necessarily in a studio or in her own place i think it's absolutely no. brilliant good on you danny make the best yeah i'm so proud this so brings inspiring. me so much joy and uh your absolute joy to teach too danny has been fantastic mm. so yeah what an inspiring story mm. all right so gina what are you doing in the coming week 
Okay, so um, it's Arancini is the next um, <laughs> challenge for me in terms of baking. I need to give you an update on power tools. Oh, okay, okay, so you on. know I'm obsessed with power tools. So and cleaning, I'm obsessed with. Okay, so get this. I'm looking at my bathroom, mm. and um, sorry, Gary's just digging a hole in the ground Great. on the floorboards. That's how he. Goes Gary to sleep. is Gina's but, dog. My dog. Um, so uh, the, the the I'm looking at the tiles and going, well, I could scrub these by hand, mm. but wouldn't it be easier if I had power tools? That is a really good idea. So wait for it, Val. Mm-hmm. You can buy scrubbing brushes that attach to your drill. No, I wish I had that when yes, I was scrubbing my floor. I'm going to send you the <gasps> link. I'm going to send oh. you the link. Wait, it's the it is you have not you know how much joy the Dyson gave yeah, you when I told you to buy one? Yeah. Okay. This is next level joy. So what you do is the it's like so the new drill that I bought, which is um cordless, so I've got the skin and I just have one battery that I use for all my power tools now. So oh. now I've got a this bat this this drill is just for bathroom tiles. Okay. Right, and so you put the you put the brush on the end, it attaches, mm. and then you use whatever you know you can use um I just use baking's powder basically to scrub the tiles with oh, yeah. you put the paste on and then you scrub and then you wipe, and it gets in between the grout it's my bath has never looked better. you can use baking powder like, and vinegar. Yeah, so you use that as a paste, but then you've got the scrub, but you don't have to do any elbow grease. Oh, that's like great. You just, it, the, the drill does everything. You've got no idea. This, this is what my life has come to. <laughs> this is where I get the joy in my life, but this is possibly my favourite hack of 2021, Val. Okay. Aside from the, 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 the remote um, – the cordless vacuum cleaner. Okay. That that and this. This this is what brings me joy. So, as well as that, photography this week we have the AMA. So tomorrow night I'll be jumping on with the Goldies. So very excited to talk about that. So we go through like what their lighting issues might be, editing problems. They come on, they can ask their questions. I'll help them, and uh, it's a, always a, a, a fantastic night. So. Looking forward to that. What about you, Val? Brilliant. What am I doing? I've been watching a bit of TV. I've been watching Mm -hmm. Hacks. Um, Love. Yeah, which is pretty good. I'm hanging out for Succession Season 3. That hasn't arrived yet. Yeah, but that's going to be autumn, you reckon? Yeah, it's going to be. For the the North Hemisphere, yes. But yes. Yeah, I don't know. No, September or something. Um, Yeah. And uh, I have been – well, there's something that might – that I think you would like since you Uh like power tools. I now have my own shed. Oh, wow. I know. So exciting. Oh, I'm a bit jealous. I know. I mean, it's not massive. What's in the shed? It's not massive yeah. or anything. It's just a smaller uh-huh. shed. But we've now got his and her sheds. Wow. Which is like this really is the modern exciting. This is this is this is the idea of this is how you keep a relationship <laughs> uh, intact. Yes. His and her sheds. We've got his and her sheds. And um, so. She shed, he shed. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'll have a bit of a project to, 
you know, I want mine to be kind of nice looking. So yeah. uh, yours is going to be bespoke shit. Yeah, I, I I need the time. I need. A, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a project to beautify it because at the moment, what's in there, Val? What have you got in? Oh, shit? at the moment, it's just got some crappy shelves and like some gardening equipment. And what are you going to put in there? What's the plan? Nice things. Like what? But like, are you going to sit in the shed? Is it to work in? Is oh, it at to the like moment, varnish stuff? yeah. At the What's moment, I'm varnishing my paintings mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. and because um, there's no cat hair in the shed, exactly. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, but it is the sort of place that I could do a little bit of painting in and um, and stuff like that as well. But at the moment, it, it's being used for varnishing. I just need to rearrange it and see how I feel with the space because there's kind of like a cupboard in it as well that probably doesn't need to be there. And it kind yeah, right. of covers half the window, which is a bit ridiculous. And the window no, has a silly. nice it's a it's a nice outlook actually. Yeah. So yes, I will be playing with my shed. <laughs> like, are you gonna put carpeting and like well, no. all of that? Are you gonna make it that nice no. or it's still gonna be no. no heating and all of that? No, it's not gonna have carpeting. No. <laughs> right, so it's not that bespoke, is it? No, it's not going to be that nice. I have a house for that. <laughs> yeah, right, that's what the house is for. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm very excited that you've got a shed and a, uh, a Dyson vacuum. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, I think we've uh, shown everyone what how sad we yeah, really are. <laughs> that's what lockdown <laughs> Please, does. Guys, this is what it's come to. But, you know. Uh, hopefully if I get these uh, arancini balls happening, mm. that's going to be exciting. All right. And I'll, I might share a photo next week. Make sure you do. Notes. Who knows? All right. yeah. Where we find you online, Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm all, on all social media at Gina Militia. Say hi. I always reply. Mm. And uh, if you want to take your photography to the next level, and uh, create the kind of images that you've always dreamed on. I'm really passionate about helping you guys take your work to the next level, then please check out the Gold Community. Just head to ginamilitia.com and click on Membership. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.